0: emphasis on uh, uh, the, the, the title of the discussion. So the first scripture will, will be John eight twenty three. I trust Brother Samindo, you may help us. It's not on the bulletin, but I want to give a background to that because the bulletin Is uh, of course just limited in space. We'll delve into the details of those scriptures on the bulletin later. But let's look at uh, John 8 and verse 23 because there the Lord is giving us a great picture of certain dimensions that we need to understand as believers, especially where we come from and where we live from. Okay. And he said to them, these were the Pharisees, it was a discussion, but then they failed to understand him in one way or the other. He was trying to explain something, but they didn't understand what he was saying. And then he said to them, you are from beneath and i am from above you are of this world i am not of this world so you, you see those two dimensions okay he told them clearly about two realms okay and those two realms are above and beneath I know your, your imagination is, is, is so big. So imagine there's a board like that one. Then draw a, a horizontal line. A horizontal line. I'm sure we know what the horizontal line is, eh? Not a vertical line, but a horizontal line. And then on top, right above. And then down there, right beneath. Okay, those who take notes, eh? I know there are so many sharp believers who don't take notes. Congratulations to all of you. I don't trust my mind. I take some notes. (laughs) Well, but I hope you can make a picture. Okay? So there are two dimensions there. There's one above and one beneath. And that is what the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to to tell us this morning. So there is a where Jesus Christ came from, and he says, "I I did not come from the world. I'm not of the world, but you are of the world. So I came from above. And then he explains later that I'm not of the world, but you are of the world. Okay, so the beneath we're talking about is the world. It's a system. But there is the above that Christ claims to come from. Okay? So I hope you are able to see those two dimensions, and I want to really explain something from those two dimensions. So Clearly, we see there is the above realm and there's a beneath realm. Now, the problem is that many believers, much as they are above, they fail to live that life. Okay, They live from beneath. And those two realms have nothing to do with the earth. The earth is a neutral ground. But those two dimensions, they operate on the earth. Okay, So we may be born from above, but fail to live a life above on earth. Are we together? So Jesus says, I did not come from beneath. I came from above. I'm from above. So the from above is where we are also coming from. Now the problem is that our configuration of the mind is that of beneath we try to define the terms of above based on the beneath understanding. For example, look at the concept of righteousness. As far as God knows and the Bible reveals, righteousness is not something. Righteousness is someone. But the beneath understanding will tell you there are certain things you need to do in order for you to be right with God. Are we together? Yet, that is not the understanding from above. You are from above, but your configuration of the mind is beneath. So the life above cannot manifest on the neutral ground called the earth. It's like you are a South African living in Zambia, but your mind is Zambian. I don't know whether that example can can work. So we we are heavenly citizens. So our understanding should be of the Father. Our, our, Our mindset should be of the Father. And that is what should manifest here on earth as a neutral ground. Mind you, on earth there are two realms. There's a realm of the above and the realm of beneath. So, we can tell what life you are living by the outcome from your life. What you say, what you speak, how you live your life will tell that your configuration is from beneath. One time, Peter actually mentioned the revelation that came from above, from the Father. And he said, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah. And Christ says, truly so, and what you have said has not been revealed by the flesh, the beneath, but he has come directly from the Father. But the next time, the same person now had to operate by another configuration, and when Jesus Christ was telling them, I'm going to the cross to bring the salvation of mankind. And then Peter, speaking from beneath, he says, "No, no, 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 that cannot be so." And what did Jesus Christ say? "Get out from me. You're you Satan. How we see the two dimensions. They are so operational in their lives. And it's, it's a challenge that we as believers, we need to understand the revelation of Christ, and by that revelation, the life that is in us must now flow from within us. That is spiritual maturity. Hallelujah. So spiritual maturity is not the addition of spiritual materials to you. It's not another addition of spiritual matter or spiritual experiences. It's a revelation of your identity. Identity is who you are. It's a revelation of your inheritance. Inheritance is what you have. It's a revelation of your worth. Your worth is the value of your usefulness. Yet all these things are defined in Christ. We are believers who actually think that holiness is by how you dress. That sister is very holy because she wears a robe. You know, her dress goes and just sweeps the whole, the whole, the whole street and we say she's holy. We want to tune and go into behavior modification, and based on this, we want to define our entrance into the life above. Yet, that is humanism. Hope I'm, I'm striking a note. Okay. So, Jesus clearly talked about those, those two realms. The realm of above and the realm from beneath. And really, many times, we even think that the life we have, for example, the life we have, we think is a life that was reconditioned. It's not a life that was reconditioned. Uh, You know, we we, we have a concept that uh, when we came to Christ, he changed our life. Okay? We, We actually say that I gave my life to, to, to Jesus. But there's no scripture like that. When you come to, to God, to Christ, you don't give your life to him. You receive his life. May I hear an amen? You know what I'm talking about. okay? When I gave my life to Christ, no, you, Christ didn't need your life. Because the life you had before him was a created life. Now, the created life started in the garden of Aden and finished at the cross. But in the resurrection, the uncreated life, the uncreated life came forth. Jesus actually says in the book of John, let's go there. uh, John chapter 12 and verse 23 and 24. Maybe you may want to help us with that. Clearly, it gives an agricultural picture of what happens to the seed, okay? Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat, a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, so the seed must fall to the ground and that seed must die, okay? Okay? And you know, any seed is covered by a husk. Okay? It covers the life. But inside, there is the heart of the seed. In the heart of the seed, there is life. Okay? But that life will remain alone if the seed does not go into the ground and die. Because it is in death that life comes forth. What comes first between death and life? It's death. So death must come in order for life to come forth from there. So Jesus Christ says, unless the kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds after its own kind. So Jesus Christ was speaking of himself as the seed. So as the seed, if he does not go into death, he remains alone. He remains the only anointed one on earth. He remains the only Christ on earth. But if he goes into the ground and dies, in death, in the heart of that seed, there is life. And it's that life that sprouts forth. It's that life that is raised up. So in raising up that life, it's an increase of Christ. Hallelujah. So that life that now comes from the seed of Christ is the uncreated life. It's not the soulish life. The Bible says Adam was a living soul, but the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. So the life that comes forth in resurrection, that life is the uncreated life. That is what is called eternal life, the life of God, not the life of the earth, the soulish life. I hope we are together. So you did not give your life to Jesus. You received his life. Tell yourself that. I did not give my life to Jesus. I received his life. And I have his life. You know, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. So say that again. I have the life of God. I have the God kind of life. Not the soulish life. Amen. Okay, so if that life comes forth from the seed it's the same as that which was there in the origin except that now it's the increase of itself praise the Lord so if it's a mango tree and it comes forth in the increase of itself any other that is produced afterwards is what? what? It's a mango what? It's a mango tree. Okay? So exactly a believer is the same as Christ. You are Christ. She's the only believer here, my sister. You are the only believer here. We want to separate the head and the body. Who may want to come and separate the head and my body? You may have killed me. So there's Christ the head and Christ the body. This finger has no life of its own. It gets the life of the head. So you don't have life of your own, you have the life of Christ in you. So your righteousness is not what you do, your righteousness is someone. The Bible says he became sin that we might Become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Righteousness is not what you do, righteousness is not the religious activities. Righteousness is a person with whom we have become one with. So we our, our, our old identity is like a husk of a seed. It fell off in death and burial. When we were resurrected, we were resurrected as a new man. I hear a big amen to that. So the purpose of the law was not to renovate man. The purpose of the law was to bring man into death. So Jesus came to bring man into death so that in death he brings forth the increase of himself. Romans 5 and verse 10. I'm still coming. Romans 5 and verse 10. For if when we were God's enemies, let's say together, when we were God's enemies. So this means it's a past experience. Okay? There's a time you were an enemy of God. Says, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son. So we were enemies, but then we became friends. That's reconciliation. But what God used to take us from enmity to friendship was His death, the death of His Son. I think the death of anything is the waste of, or the weakest point of anything. So God used what is called or may be perceived as a weak, a weak entity. But that brought us into reconciliation with God. Now it says, how much more having been reconciled? If we have been reconciled, it means we are friends of God. Amen. Yes, Jesus Christ says, you are my friends. We are friends of God much as we are sons of God. Okay, so now that we are sons, how much more shall we be saved through Life. So there is something that operates now to give us salvation, and that is life. He used death to make us friends. Now he's using life to bring us salvation. So salvation is not just the, oh, I'm saved. Okay? Now let's go to John 3. I think it's in the bulletin there. For the natural realm only gives birth to things that are natural. So a dog gives birth to a dog. So any natural entity will give birth to a natural entity. But the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. Please, let's understand these concepts. You shouldn't be amazed by my statement You all must be born from above. That is what it means to be born again. Okay. Now, what is to be born again? It is not your life to become new. What is born again is the life that went into the ground. The increase of that life Comes forth from our hearts by the revelation of Christ. That is being born again. Okay? In other words, it's, there's a word actually in Greek, but it means you must be generated from above. And when you're talking about generation, you already talk about the genes. Okay? You are seeded from, you are extracted from above. Okay? You, 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 you come from above. Your source is from above. Okay? So when we say born, born, in English it has a narrow meaning. Because when you say a child has been born, we actually define the event of that body coming into life, into the earth. But spiritually speaking, being born starts from conception. Okay? from conception. So there is conception and also the period of development before the body is seen in another realm. So when you say born again, there is a process, there's a process of conception. And you may not see physically what is happening inside. But at a time that there is a birth thing, now we call it born, but born from above, there is a generation, you are generated from the source above. That is born again. So born again is not your life coming new. It's the increase of Christ that has found place now in your life, that now you actually have been crafted into him as an encrusted one. Are we together? Are we together? Eh? So the coming forth of the life of God from us through the revelation of Christ is being born again. Now you are generated, you come from the above realm. So when you say the above realm, we are speaking of the very nature, the very essence of Christ. That is where we come from. Not the very definition of man from beneath. No, we are not man, but we are Christ from above. In fact, man means humus, must. Adam. So I trust we understand there. So that is what Jesus was telling uh, Nicodemus because Nicodemus could not understand certain things. Okay? He couldn't understand. So Jesus was saying, if you have to understand these things, if you have to enter the kingdom and begin to see the operation of the Father in the kingdom, you need to be born from above. Somebody last week was just telling me that speaking in tongues does not make sense. He was criticizing that. And I said, yes. Even the Bible you are holding confirms your statement. Because the Bible says, he who speaks in tongues speaks to God. The mind does not understand because it's unfruitful. So what does it mean when it says speaking in tongues is unfruitful to the mind? It means it does not make sense. Are we together? So the man from beneath who want to use logic and sense so that the things above make sense and they don't make sense. Because we want to expect speaking in tongues to be the same like the language of the beneath. No. In the spirit, when you're speaking in tongues, there is no alphabet. English has got how many letters? 20, 26. Eh? Is it 26? 26. What about the language of the spirit? How many letters? They are unlimited. Even in my language. So in the spirit, when you say A, 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 "A," you actually can make a statement. But in the natural, it does not make sense. Are we together, eh? Because there is no vocabulary. There's no dictionary of the spirit. There's an unlimited alphabet. So it cannot make sense to the natural man. And the Bible strictly says these things are spiritual. A natural man cannot understand them. So you must be born from above and live that life from above, not with your mind, but with the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Last week, I think this scripture was read and I want to just look at that again. Psalm 24, verse 3. Who then is allowed to ascend to the mountain of Yahweh. And who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure, whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth. Those who, are, who never deceive, whose ways are sure. That's a standard, eh? It's, it's a great standard. They will receive Yahweh's blessing and righteousness given by the, Savior, by the Savior, God. They will stand before God for they seek the pleasure of God's face, the God of Jacob. That's very powerful. Okay, so in our lives as believers, we need to realize that we are actually generated from Christ. We are a generation that should seek God and all his interests. Because now we understand we actually are not from the earth. We are actually spirits from above who have descended into the physical realm to bring the nature and the character of God into visibility and tangibility. So what should sponsor my thoughts is the thoughts from above. What should sponsor my actions is the force from above. Hallelujah. Let's go to Colossians. As I read these scriptures, it will cover the points that I actually uh, wrote there. Because when you seek God, these things automatically come. You seek the face of God; these things automatically come. Okay. Now I'm reading from the TPT. That's the 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 sorry the the mirror the mirror translation. Colossians three and verse one on the bulletin behind. You are in fact raised together with Christ. Now remember, it's raised together in resurrection. So if you are raised together with Christ. You have the same life of Christ. You don't have a separate life from Christ. You have the same life of Christ. Tell yourself, I have the same life of Christ. It's not different. It's the same. If you want to carry out a DNA, go. You find that it's the same. In fact, the DNA of God is his name and it's actually found and scientists have proven that there's a makeup of God even in our natural system so we come from above so you are in fact raised together with Christ now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in him meaning you are included now in that inclusion together with him there are consequences of that inclusion inclusion and one consequence is that you are, you are one with Him. As He is, so you are on earth. Hallelujah. As Christ is, so we are on earth. But the problem is that we have been functioning from the beneath configuration for, for, for many years. May the Lord help us. Engage your thoughts. With throne room realities where you are co seated with Christ. You see? That's a realm, throne room realities. So engage your thoughts right now as we are. Not everyone is in this room, others are somewhere else. In fact, others have gone back home. Yes. How does man travel? You travel in thoughts. And when you travel in thoughts, you actually travel more than the speed of light. Others are out of Africa. (laughs) Because the reality is your spirit. And your spirit is not limited to the body. It's it's beyond. You understand that? It's just hosted by the body, but its reach out is beyond the natural body that we have. Okay, I hope you understand this things. It's a teaching on its own. So here the Bible says, engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. Wow. Becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly realm. That from beneath. Okay why are we distracted by the earthly realm it's because we are engaging our thoughts not with realm realities but we are engaging our thoughts with the things from beneath Verse 3 Your union with his death broke association with that world do you understand so you are no longer associated with a beneath world it was broken because of your union with the death of Christ Amen singles Don't crucify your life. Don't crucify your single life. You were crucified with Christ. And that core crucifixion actually broke your association with the world from beneath. Consider it, reckon it as truth. We don't consider this as truth. But the Bible says reckon it, consider it as a fact. See yourselves located in a fortress where your life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4. The exact life on exhibit in Christ. Listen to this. The exact life on exhibit in Christ is now repeated in us. The same life on exhibit in Christ is now a repetition in us. We are not mimicking Christ. Christ but he's living his life in us. Praise the Lord. Sometimes, you know, it's difficult to even get correct vocabulary to express certain things of the Spirit. We are being co reviewed in the assemblies. We are joined in oneness with him. Just as his life reveals you, your life reveals him. Just as his life reveals you, your life reveals him. That's a mirror translation. Now verse five. Consider the members of your body. You see, consider, count it as a fact. Consider it, reckon it. Consider the members of your body as dead and buried towards everything related to the porn industry. Amen. And it's a problem even among believers, this thing. Others are not looking at me now. You know, when you say porn industry, you know what it means, eh? Sexual immorality. It's also just in the mind. You know, the mind can be so deceived that you make fumes wherever you are. You will make fume. Now, consider those members of your body as having been dead from this. It's affected even the young generation. We have have the social network, technology, people can click anywhere, and you know, one thing you can use it, another time you can abuse it. I will not belabor that point, but I, I hope you understand what I mean. Sensual uncleanness. Longing for forbidden things. You know, there's a craving. There's a craving inside. Okay? A craving for forbidden things. You want to blame Eve. Eve, Nae, why did she take off the fruit? But there's a craving inside for forbidden things. You are not married. Why are you craving for sex. I'm a teacher, so I can just speak plainly. And Dr. Sond. we together, my young people, my fellow young people, we together. Uh-uh, are we together? Yes. yes. You are not married, so consider yourself, your members, dead to those things. When you see a sister, the Bible says, look at her as a sister in Christ. Not as a potential item to be consumed. May I hear an amen. amen? You know, even those of us who are married, why crave another man's wife? Meanwhile, the husband of the same wife you are craving is craving for another. You see, it's it's all vanity. It's all vanity. Yet, this is a, beneath the, there is a, there is war on the mind. But the Bible says, consider your members as dead to these things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord be glorified in our lives. Lust and greed, which are just another form of idol worship. So you understand? All these things, when you give our members to these things, it's idol worship. So know me, I don't worship other gods. And you come and say, I will save no foreign god, but you're actually saving foreign gods. Idol worship. So involving ourselves in these things is actually idol worshiping. You are an idol worshiper. May the Lord help us. Praise the Lord. These distorted expressions, let's say together, these distorted expressions. Let's read there. Let's read. It's there. I'm reading from the bulletin you have. So these distorted expressions are in total contradiction to God's design and desire for your life. There's something that God desires for your life. But what we have just read above is a total contradiction to what God desires for your life. They are distorted expressions. We think here on earth it's called life. Varia life, Varia. Friday, pali life on Friday. But that's not, it's defined as life by beneath, but it's a, it's a distorted expression. No, we can drink, provided we don't fight. we come up with a lot of things, but the Bible says strong drink is not for kings. I'm a king and a priest. There's a a way that God desires that we should actually carry our lives as saints of God. Because then, we actually are called to radiate his nature here on earth. We are ambassadors of Christ, Not necessarily to reflect his light. Because when you say reflection, it means something is coming from that side, it hammers me and goes there. No. Reflection means something is not from within me. But actually, we we radiate the light because the light comes from within us. We radiate the glory because it comes from within us. (coughs) Are we together? We were all swept along into a lifestyle of lust and greed. But now, because you realize that you co-died and were co-raised together with Christ, you can flash your thoughts with truth. You see, you flash your thoughts with what? Truth. It's all about the mind. So those strongholds, those fortresses, the, the, what we call spiritual warfare, actually, it's, it's, it's in the mind. Hallelujah, our intercessors. It's, it's, it's not the demons in Congo or in Sudan. It's in the mind, the thoughts that are against the desire of God for our lives. These are strongholds, things that hold you. And you know, it's like you're hearing a voice, do this, you know, do this. Just do this Now, way. When you do this, you will see you are going to experience goodness. It's a stronghold. But the Bible says, flush your thoughts with what? The truth. Permanently put these things behind you. Things such as violent outbursts of rage, depression, all manner of wickedness, slander, and every form of irregular conversation. Put these things permanently behind you. It's your responsibility. Spiritual growth is your responsibility. Tell yourself, spiritual growth is my responsibility. It's my responsibility to put away. Tell yourself, it's my responsibility to put away all forms of wickedness behind me because I am co-raised with Christ. So if you are co-raised with Christ it means you have the same life, same desires of God. Philippians three verse eighteen. For there are many who live by different standards. As I have warned you many times, I weep as I write these words. They are enemies of the cross of the anointed one. And doom awaits them. Not doom, the insect side. Destruction awaits them. And you know the effect of doom, right? When you spray doom, what happens to the flies? It's disaster. So doom awaits them. You know, sometimes we trivialize these things. But, you know, the rich man who died. That was not a parable. He went into paradise. He was caught into paradise. Okay? And life there was not okay. It was not okay. And he recognized Abraham. How did he recognize Abraham? It means in the spirit, you are the same face as you are here on earth, except that you have no pimples. So he saw that was Abraham. And then where he was, it was disaster. But then he asked, please, let just Abraham come and give me just a drop of water on my teeth. He says that is not not possible. That's what God said. And then he made another request. Okay, I'm making a request. Let me go back to the earth so that I warn my relatives so they should take care while they're on earth. But then what was the conclusion? He says, no, even if you were raised from the dead and go and preach them, they will not hear you. Hallelujah. There's <laughs> somebody who actually was cruising on Soloesi Chingola Road, and the bridge was actually being renovated. So they had destroyed the bridge. Okay? But he was cruising at once, kissed or so with the Hilux. and came over there, and people were seeing it the vehicle crossing the bridge that was actually destroyed. It flew over. The next thing that guy was expecting is death. But somehow, by the grace of God, it flew over. Without going the other way, it continued moving on the road. The man stopped, started praying that, Lord, I have stopped everything (laughs) I (laughs) was (coughs) doing. But, you know, without the conviction of the Spirit... With regards to Christ, you go back to the same life. So, even if somebody came from the dead and preached to you, some people will not listen. God says, Ah, uh-uh, there are preachers on earth. Let them listen to them. So, listen to me. You are waiting for your relative who died to come and. They should come and tell us, Life here, beyond the. No, you will not get transformed. Get the word. From the mouth of those that God is speaking through. Praise the Lord. So that man was saved. I'm told he's an evangelist now. It's good. And God uses such things to bring people back to himself. Philippians 2, verse 20 So this scripture is talking about us really having the interests of God at the center of our lives. And uh, Paul was actually giving a testimony concerning Timothy. Timothy is like no other. He carries the same passion for your warfare that I carry in my heart. It's a shared passion. For it seems as though everyone else is busy seeking what is best for themselves. You see, that is life. We are busy seeking what is best for ourselves. What can I carry out for myself? What can I extract from the economy? From business? From my workplace? From whatever I'm engaging myself? What is the best I can for myself? Now, the issue is not that you cannot engage yourself in those things, but it's, it's actually making what you are doing peripheral to the kingdom interests. They should support the kingdom interests. Not necessarily me, myself, and me. It should not be something that is within self-interest to just gratify your desires and your small family. But what you are doing should pour into the, the, the greater part, which is the kingdom. So here now Paul says of Timothy, for it seems as though everyone else is busy seeking what is best for themselves instead of the things that are the most important to our Lord Jesus Christ. So there are interests of the Lord to which we must respond to. And they should be the center of whatever we do. Hallelujah. So we as a generation of resurrection, because in resurrection, there was life. We are called the light of God. And if we are the light of God, our lives must be attractive to others. Amen. Don't just have a good name, but you have a bad character. Goodness in Goodness spirit. Us we just give people names, eh? But uh, try well tembo. These are good names. <laughs> but with a good name, there should be a good character. So you as a saint, you are set apart for God. So then your life must attract others to the light where you are. That's what the Bible says. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. That's from Daniel. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many, those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So if you are a star, you shine your light. Not a little light, but it's a great light. You shine your light. Lead many to righteousness. Divert traffic from hell to heaven. That's the mission that God has ordained you for. Sometimes we are so narrow-minded. You know, we think ministry, if God has called me into ministry, is preaching like I'm doing. No. Even you as a medical doctor, you are in ministry. So let the light of shine in your jurisdiction. As a teacher, you are in ministry. The people that you are, the, the, the students and learners that you are interacting with, what are you feeding them as much as the light of God is concerned? You are in ministry. So, the work of the 5 ministry is to prepare saints for works of ministry in diverse realms. As a politician, you are in ministry. Politics is not for self-aggrandizement, it's a ministry. I can't hear an amen. This is true. Meaning, wherever you are, shine the essence of Christ. Let people see Christ. When people are asking for Christ, let them point at you. Some people think it's a joke. But that's ministry. Where Pastor Reuter cannot go, you are there. So let the light of God shine. You are doing business. Business is not just for you to make the ends meet or for you to survive. It's a ministry. Ministry is not just Sunday. Ministry is every time what flows out of you, the life of Christ that flows out of you. That's ministry. So let the light of God shine and lead many unto the righteousness of God for the glory of his name. And that is what is called kingdom. Kingdom is not something that will come from the heavens and then it surrounds the earth. Kingdom is a rulership of God within his people the influence of God to touch as many lives as possible with the authority of Christ, with the glory of Christ, and with the power of Christ. Even at the times that now people are dying and so on, let the word come forth from your mouth as a sword that brings healing. God is a God of miracles. He's a God of healing. He's a God who gives breakthrough. So if I want to see your faith, let me hear your voice. Let me see the steps that you are making for Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. So let the kingdom of authority, let the kingdom of power and glory touch many people through you. You are not just a vessel of righteousness. You are not just a vessel of Christ. You are a vessel, one with what contains you, what, what fills you. What fills you contains you. What fills you must manifest through you. It's like osmosis see? Hallelujah. That's the kingdom of Christ. Don't wait for another kingdom to come. The kingdom is within you. So let that kingdom, the influence of the king from within you, touch as many people as possible. You must need to speak to yourself. These are the hands of Christ. They will touch many with the love of God. These are the, the feet of the Lord. They will go places and radiate the glory of God. This is the body of Christ. It's anointed for exploits. You need to say these things in your life. Amen. Shall we stand and make declarations? Praise the Lord.